Yo, what's up, everybody? My name's Paulina, representing Hong Kong, Brazil, New York. Yes, all three <laughs> and more. But but I'm not here to I'm not here to stunt my uh, global street cred on you right now. What I'm here to do is to um, help you like debunk a lot of this bullshit out here about manifestation oh my god because like it's so easy to talk about it's so popular to talk it's not easy to talk about but it's it's popular to talk about right because it gets your attention of course it gets your attention are you alive yes as a biological being that is alive do you have things that you want (laughs) from this experience yes do the things you want not include not only include you know like what you want to have because it feels good but does it also include what you want to not have, i.e. experiences that would not feel good? Yes, right? So this idea of manifestation and, and all of this stuff, it's so tempting for all of us to buy into, right? Because all of it, it basically sells us on... Sorry, I hate that I said basically because that just assumes that... like when. <laughs> When I'm in the audience and a speaker uses basically, I get so pissed because I'm like, what is this? Is this speaker assuming that I'm not intelligent? So they got to make this idea more basic for me. What? Fuck out of here. I'm here listening to your talk. I can receive these ideas presented to me as they are. Okay. So not basically, but what I'm trying to say is. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is um, it's really tempting yeah, to buy into this notion that if you just do everything a certain way, yeah, um, everything you want is going to come to you, okay? Now, I'm not here to like, get into any fights with anyone about whether or not that's true or not. Um, can you meditate your way to everything you want? Yeah, fuck yeah. But, I mean, you can meditate your way through all of life, right? <laughs> Like, you can do that. You can do that. You can meditate your way through all of life. It takes a lot of practice. You're going to keep, like, keep doing it. But um, some uh, some scriptures would kind of indicate that that is the point. Anywho, uh, yeah, you can absolutely meditate your way through everything. But, like, and, and along the way, you'll get stuff you want, right? But does that mean you're going to get everything you want? Does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, look. I'm alive here with you. I have not experienced everything. I'm not here to f- say whether that's true or not, whether you can manifest everything you want or not. You know, I'm here to ask, um, is that the point? Is that the point? To just manifest, 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 a manifest party, manifest party, manifest party, manifest party. Like, that, that, that sounds lit. You're right. But, like... That's not the only point. It's really not the whole point, okay? Um, there's a couple issues with that, uh, you know, and why I personally, like, can't sit spiritually comfortably with this idea is that it just rings too familiarly of capitalism, you know, and it, it's encouraging this this endless um, desiring and producing of manifesting experiences and, and, and consumption of manifested experiences in this, like, 
endless circle. So beyond just being, you know, exhausting for a human being to try to like control every experience and and to manifest everything, everything, everything. Um, it's it also it can just place you down a, a hedonistic path if you think about it. Um, of of desiring and fulfilling that desire only. Um, not to mention, like, yeah, it's it's a highly marketable idea for meditation, which isn't bad in and of itself. Okay, honestly, I think the more people out here in the world that are meditating, good, the better for all of us. But even getting stuck in that mode of of like meditating for spiritual wellness that's not going to save you because that's just another form of escapism. It is. Yo, people don't just escape from their worldly existence through spirituality. <laughs> people escape from their spiritual existence and their spiritual welfare through this worldly experience. It's wild. You can use the um you can use the confusion and the delusion both ways. And and it's a shadow side because it doesn't really liberate you. It just keeps you in this game of of suffering okay so what what is going to liberate you from the suffering that comes with this experience this worldly experience right is it is it getting everything you want no no it's not it's not okay even manifesting everything you want ever always always even that is not going to help you because it's it's the wanting that endless wanting that drives us fucking nuts and that aggravates us that endless wanting okay you manifested a really incredible experience too bad because as soon as you are in that experience you have more reference point you have more insight you have more self-knowledge what's gonna happen as soon as you get to that manifested point is that you're just gonna want more you're gonna you're gonna want to manifest even more and more and more and uh, you, you, there's that one side where it's like, so like, like where people can get so attached to just like wanting and wanting and wanting what they don't have, right? And, and wanting, or like just getting stuck in the anguish of like wanting so badly and not having so obviously, right? There's that suffering, which fucking sucks. But then there's the other suffering too of like the people who like want it and get it. And you think their lives are so much better, but what you don't know is that they want it, they get it, they want even more, their appetite grows even bigger, even more, like, crazy, crazy. And um, and that ambition just is bottomless to feed. So no, even manifesting everything you want is not going to help you. The only practice that's going to end your suffering is non-attachment okay relinquishing your attachment to the desires the preferences even right not so so you no longer become attached to what you want and what you do not want okay that's the second of the four noble truths of buddhism so Let's do a quick review because, oh my gosh, if some of y'all haven't heard it yet, it is my humble honor to be able to present these ideas to you. I'll do it in a nutshell, so so please do look up more of it on your own time if you're curious because I guarantee you it will change your perspective. But the four noble truths that the Buddha um, articulated for us after he 
achieved enlightenment, you know, meditating on the middle path, under the Bodhi tree. Number one, the first noble truth is all existence is dukkha, suffering, pain, anguish. All existence, no matter who you are, no matter how much you think you have or do not have, no matter like how much society thinks you have or do not have, all existence is suffering. You will not be perpetually free from suffering so long as you are in this existence, okay? However, the root of that suffering is not in this existence itself, okay? The root of the suffering, second noble truth, is the attachment you have. You're attached to the desire to have, and you're attached to the desire not to have. So this attachment and the endless desiring, that is the root of the suffering. So that leads us into the third noble truth, because you're like, shit, <laughs> wait, all existence is suffering? Wait, like, my attachment causes so much suffering? Um, help? <laughs> right, and that's exactly what the third noble truth, the third and fourth say. Third is that, yes, the cessation of suffering is attainable. It is possible to liberate yourself from attachment and um, from suffering. And the way you attain that is by following the Eightfold Path. So the Eightfold Path, you can look it up and read more on it because I'm just going to pack it to you in a little nutshell. But there's right understanding, right resolve, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right meditation. Okay, which one speaks most to you right now? Or which one do you notice like when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe like I have been slacking there. (laughs) You know? identifying like where you are in terms of that um that's gonna get you way further you know in that journey of inner peace tranquility the cessation of suffering then um you know buying into and hopping on this endless pursuit okay but even even with that being said There's another idea that I really want to share about the cessation of suffering and, and, you know, if manifesting endlessly isn't the point, like, what else can be the point? Totally up to opinion, right? You're going to have your own valid opinion on what the point is um, just as much as the next person. To me, the point is to experience intimacy with the oneness of all intimacy with the non-duality of it the the highs and the lows intimacy with the driving force behind all of it intimacy with the source of our creation okay this is an idea that um i i am especially inspired by this one text called the mirage of bistami it's it's seriously it's one of my favorite like top three texts of all time um the other two being uh life of pi (laughs) fiction uh just because i really relate to that kid like you know in in like the first few chapters when he's like i just want to learn as much as i can about about my god and so he like like wants to learn all these different religions and like understand all these different ideas of like ways to relate to the divine oh my gosh yeah i i really relate to that (laughs) that's why i studied religious studies in college 
Um, and then my other second favorite text, it's like a philosophy text, um, Eichmann in Jerusalem, just because I think that's like absolutely essential reading for us now in this like modern day and age where violence can just seep in in such fucking insidious ways. So Eichmann in Jerusalem, Hannah Arendt, we're, oh my God, we're going to unpack that idea, yo, that, that episode is going to get political. We're going to, we're going to go there. Okay. Cause yeah, we are going to go there. <laughs> Uh, but but this first text, Mirage of Bistami. So Mirage is, is this heavenly ascent, right? And Bistami was this um, Muslim mystic. And um, in this text, he details this experience of heavenly ascent that he had one day. And, it, and it's, it's not a mirror to, but it, it, it parallels the heavenly ascent of the Prophet Muhammad, blessed be. Um, where in in the prophet's instance, he ascended to heaven and then he brought prayer back down to the people. In Bistami's case, the 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 story starts out like this: he's you know in his room at night, about to go to sleep, and then he gets picked up by this creature called a burak. It's like not quite a horse, but it's got four legs, and he rides on it and. It's a mystical creature. Um, it's pale and glowing white, and he hops on. And with a couple leaps and bounds, they traverse thousands of miles on earth until finally they get to Jerusalem and they get to the rock that is. Um, if you go to the old city of Jerusalem, you'll see the beautiful shrine called the dome of the rock it's such a standout because it's got this incredible golden dome roof and so much space around it compared to all the other crowded buildings in the whole area and um it's a place of worship but it's not a mosque because the floors are not covered in mosques the floors are covered with carpets but in the dome of the rock and i've never been inside because i'm not muslim i just love learning about religions and religious practices. It's fascinating to me. But um, in the Dome of the Rock, the floor is exposed and it exposes the face of this rock. And then that's the point where um, Bistami ascended from Earth into the heavens. Here's the story of his heavenly ascent. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) He goes up, he gets greeted by angels, he gets let into the the entry, the gateway of the first heaven. And he sees something incredible. He sees all these incredible things. Like, you can you can read up on it. He, you know, just has incredible vision of, like, the dominion that he says would wear out the tongue to describe, right? But he, he touches a bit of it. He talks about, like, the heavenly garden, the faces of these angels, and all of this stuff. But he remains really humble, and when he gets there, he says a prayer in his heart um, to his God saying, oh, what is being shown to me is not my goal. You know, my goal is other than, or I seek that which that which is other than um, what I see. And then it's kind of like he like, like passes a test and an angel um, extends their hand towards him and brings him up to the next 
heaven. And again, he sees these incredible sights. He sees dominions that would wear out the tongue to describe, right? Incredible, mystic, heavenly visions. But he insists, you know, my goal is other than that which you are showing me. And um, he doesn't want any of it. He doesn't want any of it. So again, um, Allah, Most High, senses the sincerity in his heart. And an angel extends their hand forth and, and Bistami takes it and they ascend to the third heaven. Similar things happen. He sees, in, you know, in some of these visions are crazy. He's like angels with four faces facing all different cardinal directions. And, you know, like all of these visions, it's, it's, um, it's pretty interesting to read into. Because as you're reading it, you're like, what? Like, what is the point? Of like all this that he's seeing. What's the point of all this that's in the first heaven, the second, third he- heaven, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh? Because it goes there. What's the point of all of this stuff that he's seeing, right? Yo, that is, that is, that, that question is exactly the point, right? What's the point of all of this stuff? What's the point of it? It's like pretty cryptic right i i still don't know what the point is of of those angels with the four faces facing cardinal directions (laughs) like i have this theory that it's like because angels are um existing in a different dimension than us so when they like come into our dimension it can be kind of freaky it can be like you know when you like take a straightforward image and then you like put it under a kaleidoscope and then all of a sudden you see like how it just fractals outward I feel like that might have been happening with the faces of those angels. Like, as they come into a, a dimension of a lower frequency, then they're just kind of, like, kaleidoscoping out. <laughs> but that's just my own, my own musings. That's not the point. And, um, and I think that's the whole point of this text, is that everything that he's seeing, everything that he's sh- being shown, all this impressive, wonderful, heavenly, like, dominions that would wear out the tongue to describe are not the point, because Bistami keeps asking in, him, in his heart. He's like, he doesn't care for the stuff that he's seeing, no matter how, how wonderful and splendorous it is. He keeps insisting, you know, my goal is other than that which you are showing me. You know, this stuff that I'm seeing is not what I seek. Until finally, finally, after all ascending through all those different levels of the heavens, he gets taken um, into an experience of intimacy with the oneness of his God, and he says his God brought him closer to him than the spirit is with the body. That's how connected he was with the unicity of every being, everything, everything, right? To me, that experience of intimacy with the unicity of all things, to me, that's the point. And even with that story I told you in the last, last episode of the podcast, Miracle Workings, right? Like, I was doing the miracle mantra because I wanted, like, I had an outcome that I wanted to manifest, right? I wanted to get my computer back. I wanted it to, like, not be stolen and, and, and you know, like, hacked into and all that bad stuff, right? Um, so there's the desire, right? And then the desire to not have um, my computer be lost and my information be stolen. So, like, that would just be so bad right so in in that moment in that story i was explaining there was like a huge contrast and there was a lot of desire there was like there was suffering present right but but relying on the meditation 
that I did and, and you know, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't because you're going to learn some stuff from it. Relying on that meditation, like, yeah, it absolutely helped me to renounce the attachment because I was like, I was not, the fear and like the worry were not at all absent from my experience. Absolutely fucking not. Yo, fear was coursing through my body at like a high voltage, okay? <laughs> that's why i was meditating so much because i was like yo i'm gonna lose my shit if i just let this fear run through my mind so the meditation in that instance like did not remove the fear or the unpleasantness of that feeling but what it did remove was the sorry no the meditation did not remove the fear from that experience but it removed the unpleasantness it removed the suffering from that fear that I experienced, okay, because um, I could, I was at a point, like, by the middle and the end of the, of the chanting, I was, like, totally feeling the fear and feeling so deeply immersed in, you know, the experience that I had in, in my physical body and in my emotional body and in my mental body. I was immersed in that, but because I was practicing non-attachment, I wasn't, like, oh, like, this like feels so bad you know i was like this is a human experience like wow like this this tremendous fear coursing through me right so i wasn't attached to like not feeling it i was like okay cool like if i feel extreme joy and extreme euphoria at some times in my life then this is a counterbalance to that it's a reference point i have this extreme fear so not being attached to either one helped me to 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 feel free to feel liberated in my being yeah was there an outcome i still wanted yeah but in the experience going up to that um there wasn't there wasn't a craving an attachment okay what there was was intimacy with the feeling of the guru who who I was meditating upon. The guru is is not like a external like formed god. The guru it's um, technically what that word means is the one who guides from darkness into light, or from you know like suffering into enlightenment. And uh, all of us have 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 guru within us. We all do. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So it's not like it wasn't like praying to an external god but it was is that feeling of of intimacy with the unicity of all things that was really the point okay that feeling is worth so much more than just getting what you want endlessly 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 trust me on this and and practice it for yourself okay i'm gonna give you a technique that's gonna help you get so good at manifesting so you can like practice it and you can live that life of like manifesting 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 party as much as you want and then you'll 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 feel like okay like there is more to this okay so this practice though it's really smart it's a really good practice um and it's so simple like it's really gonna help you to see that manifestation is not the big deal all those marketers out there are trying to make it seem okay manifestation is not the big deal it's not the main course at all what it is is the consequence it's the consequence of having a thought and then following up on that thought or that vision okay that's literally what it is so this practice so easy okay um 
and it's so straightforward you might almost be like underwhelmed with it but don't underestimate how much it can do for you because again you know manifesting what you like quote unquote want is about like focusing on what you want so by all means give it a try like you can you could still as i said we are biological beings we all have desires and preferences right yes you can manifest endlessly but you know just don't like step out of the the merry-go-round every now and then and and meditate to (laughs) to give gratitude and to immerse yourself into the mysteries of this existence that go beyond you know what we can manifest in the world right so this practice oh okay I actually came up with it when I was in British Columbia last summer when I was in Vancouver. First of all, shout out to Van City. Shout out to to Vansterdam. Yo, Vancouver is the the most is the litty city capital of Canada. Okay, I haven't been to that much of Canada, but Vancouver is so fucking dope and the food there is amazing. I swear, of all the North American cities I've been to, Vancouver has the best Asian food, okay, because there's so many Asian people there, and Asians, we know how to eat, (laughs) every single cuisine from Asia is fucking lit, and the food in Vancouver is awesome, so um, that was obviously, like, inspiring (laughs) this practice, but the way to do this, to to practice your manifestation skills, you know, to to hone your focus and, and get really good at that, step one. Uh, when you wake up, think about what you want to eat for lunch, okay? Don't eat breakfast. Don't eat breakfast. You also, you don't need to eat breakfast, just in general. This isn't part of step one, but, like, in general, you don't need to eat breakfast. You don't need to eat three times a day. Um, longevity increases when people consume 30% less food than they typically do. And that's why there's, like, some zones on Earth. Like, they're called blue zones. There's, like, some in Japan, some in the Mediterranean. They're, like, these longevity blue zones where like people consistently live to be like over a hundred and in great physical health um and so uh scientists and researchers have been like what are they eating like what are their lifestyle practices that help them live so healthily and so long uh one of the things they notice is intermittent fasting so these people just don't eat breakfast they'll eat like twice a day um in a lot of these cultures they actually see eating three times a day as being like quite gluttonous and just completely unnecessary so um but for the purpose of this practice (laughs) that's just that's just a side note intermittent fasting is so great it helps your mind um get get really in shape and it also helps your body get in shape um and it's it's great for this practice because what you're gonna do is step one you're gonna wake up you're not gonna eat breakfast Okay, and then you're going to you're going to think about what you want to eat for lunch. Okay, man, choose something that's so scrumptious. For me, um, it was poke bowls. Like I, I that was just on my mind, not even poke bowl. But there's this one spot in Vancouver called Pokerito. <laughs> it's so cute. They do like burritos, but like they're poke bowl. So it looks like a giant sushi. It's so fucking silly. <laughs> one morning and i was like you know what the fuck i'm gonna eat for lunch today i'm gonna get a poke bowl slash pokerito so i'm gonna get a poke bowl from pokerito um and okay that's that's what you decide in the morning you don't eat breakfast okay step two you go about your day you go about your day you do the things you gotta do you do your work you do your meditation you do your exercise um 
you know, you, you do what you do what you do in, in the morning, right? And first of all, you you got to make sure that between like or during step 2, don't eat anything. Don't eat anything that isn't that fucking delicious poke bowl that you've set your mind on. Okay, maybe for you it's not a poke bowl. Maybe for you it's like I, I don't know, like a a really specific sandwich. Okay? For me, that specific sandwich is Kachapasimas in New York. Man, I like, I, so I'm in DC right now, but I will, I will take the four hour bus ride to New York just to get Kachapasimas. That food is fucking incredible. But, you know, so whatever your food is, right? You pick one, pick one thing you want to eat for lunch. Don't be greedy. And also, like, pick something that's healthy, too. Pick something that's nourishing. Don't be like, oh, I'm on a manifest McDonald's. Fuck you. I'm not giving you permission to do that, okay? <laughs> I do not give you permission to destroy your body, but you do as you wish. But all I'm saying is that I want you to be healthy. <laughs> so step one, you wake up, you decide what you want to eat. You, you think about it. You, you, you see yourself, like, just be like, ooh, I want to eat this. And then, like... See yourself like in the place eating it and be like, mm, like that's re that meal is really gonna hit the spot. Okay, step two, you go about your day, don't eat anything, don't snack, don't do any of that bullshit. Okay, just just drink your water, stay hydrated, yeah, stay focused, do your thing, meditate, work, exercise, you know, do what you do in the mornings. When it's time for lunch, this is step three. Okay, now you're gonna leave your house, your office, your car, wherever you are, okay? And you're going to go for a little walk downtown. Um, if, you're, if you don't live in, like, an urban environment, go, like, go to a food court in the mall, okay? Because this is an essential part. When you're walking, I want you to, to look around in your environment, and I want you to see all the other restaurant options, Okay? That's why this is easiest, like, when you're in an urban environment, but you can sub food court for it because there are tons of food options. I want you to walk around on the way to your poke bowl, and I want you to see that delicious burger spot, right? And I want you to be like, ooh, I see you. However, not what I have in mind. No, thank you. Move on. Okay, and then I want you to walk past that delicious looking taco place. And I want you to be like, oh, taco, like that, that sounds good. But it's not what I have in mind. Like, you don't even have to, like, get caught up in, in, in entertaining these things that aren't what you want. Okay, you pass by the um, incredible Sichuan hot pot place. You pass by the fucking amazing Cantonese Vietnamese noodle shop. Again, not what you had in mind. Not what you, had. you keep walking you keep walking if you want you could even be like yeah yeah i could spend my 10 bucks here but that's not what i want for lunch (laughs) that's not what i want (laughs) so you keep walking you go through and at this point you're getting hungry yeah you're you're getting hungry because you haven't eaten all morning your energy's high you're really focused on this one thing that you really really want um don't settle don't settle for the other food that's good but that's not what you have in mind okay keep walking ignore it or just pass through it let it pass through you uh through your awareness keep going keep going until you see the beautiful shining sign of that poquerito place and then you walk in and you're like yes hello miss how are you good thank you yeah i'm good too you know what the wall well you know what i want you know what i want you know what i want i want a poquerito (laughs) 
And then that's step four. After step three, you've gone and you've walked and you've um, you've seen everything and you and you've like even like seen all the options. Number four, you do what you intended to do that morning, which is stop by and get a fucking poke bowl, a pokerito, and you get it and you get in all the delicious ingredient combos that you want. For me, I like the tuna. I mean, okay, honestly, I don't love raw fish. So, pokies are like my only exception for it. For some reason, I think those bowls are dank, but I'm not really into raw fish. It just creeps me out. Um, <laughs> so irrelevant. I'm sorry. <laughs> Step four, you, you, you eat it. You eat it. Boom. There's your manifestation. You just manifested an experience. Yay! Yay! So easy, right? So easy. When you when you put it into practice though, you'll you'll like really feel the effects of it because you're going to feel that hunger. And I encourage you to feel that hunger. Like go a little hungry in the pursuit of what you want. Like not just in terms of food in this manifestation practice cuz like the hunger that you learn and that you experience through this will teach you more about um going quote-unquote hungry in order to uh, stay focused on that which you truly are most desiring, okay? Don't settle is what I'm saying. Don't settle. Go a little hungry. That hunger motivates you. If you're never hungry, like, then all eating is just kind of like stuffing, you know? But when you're a little bit hungry and you get exactly what you want, oh, that feeling is so good. You cannot compare it to intimacy with the oneness of all, but <laughs> it is still nice to, to have a manifestation and to experience it, right? Just as I'm saying, don't let that be the sole focus, okay? And then the principles that you learn from this practice, you can apply it to your life, okay? So let's say you have a project you're undertaking, cool, like stay focused on it. And key part of this practice, say no to the things that aren't that, Say no to the things that aren't that. Don't like settle. Like don't get that other food that is not exactly what you had in mind that morning. Not because you won't be happy with it. Like yeah, sure. Maybe you will be really happy with um, that Indian curry. Yeah, maybe you will. Because that, that stuff is dank and it's incredible. But just for your own sake of following up with that thought that you had that morning... Like prove to yourself that you're gonna that you're gonna follow up with that, because that will boost your confidence so much more in manifesting the other worldly things. You know, the job, the whatever, whatever the fuck it is. I don't I don't know what you got. You know, in your in your heart space of wanting. Okay, but that focus is necessary. The hunger. I'm not saying it's necessary. I'm saying it's really helpful. Okay. Because again, it's it, it, becoming at peace, right? You're not just attached to how good it will feel when you eat it. You're, you also go through that like mini, like mini suffering of being like hungry for just, a, you can handle it. Come on, come on. You can handle it for like a couple hours. Go a little bit hungry and then you'll realize, man, hunger is just another sense, just another sensation here in the physical world. So again, don't get attached to not experiencing it. Become at peace with it. Become at peace with it. 
and you know like like with the saying no to the other food as i said it's not because you won't enjoy it the the point of this practice is to have the idea to feel it and to just be like mm, to get like amped up about it and then if you if you do all of that and then when you're out and about you suddenly change your mind and you have in in the moment a change you're like oh i'm already here you know I've manifested, like, 90% of it. You know, I don't need to get that final 10% of, like, eating the bowl. Like, I'm here. Like, I'll be satisfied with anything now. Yeah, true, 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 true. But but that's not the point. That's not the point. Like, because then what that's going to say for your life, like, when you when you draw that out, is that, like, you know, even the things you most want in life, maybe you'll get 90% of the way there. And then in the last moment when you think you have it all, you'll switch and then you get sad because what you had, like, it was good. It, you made an impulsive decision in the moment for that switch, but it wasn't exactly what you had in mind. So that, that, the effect that ca- happens is that your stream of energy that you set forth and intended that morning when you woke up, that stream of energy gets messed with. Because all of a sudden, that part of you that, that you set into intention and motion the mo- in the morning... That part of you is that part of you is eating the poke bowl, right? <laughs> in the parallel universe or in the other space and time, right? So if you switch it at the very last minute and you decide in your reality with your decisions and your actions, okay, I'm gonna switch course last minute and get I don't know, something else that piques your fancy in the moment. What that's gonna do is just gonna mess up your stream of energy, right? Because all of a sudden like ninety percent of your being is they're enjoying the poke bowl that you intended, but then like only 10% of you is enjoying the whatever else it is that you switched at the last moment and you were inconsistent with, okay? So it's a practice in, in being consistent with yourself and your own intention. That's what it is. That's what it boils down to. But by no means underestimate the power of practicing consistency with your intentions and your stream of energy because that's all that manifestation is. Okay. Now, as I said, manifesting, manifesting everything you want in life and getting it, that's not going to solve all your problems. Okay. That's not going to alleviate the suffering that you experience and the aggravation that comes with um, being attached to the desires. Okay. So if you are wanting more specific help with releasing like sufferings that you have and especially releasing physical pain, releasing emotional pains that hinder your full enjoyment of life please reach out to me this is what i'm here for i'm here to help people experience more emotional freedom and more mental clarity so uh hit me up on the uh instagram through the direct message function at sovereign sapiens and i'll get back to you for sure about this because i want you to live your best life too we can all be lit together (laughs) this was fun we made it to the end of another episode next episode will be coming out sooner than thursday um as my way of apologizing for this episode being a day late okay catch up soon (laughs) peace stay blessed